Well, I'm, I'm here with Marta and Jen, and we are going to talk a little bit about how do you prepare your mind for action and set your hope on Jesus. And a big battle can be a, the battle of the mind. And we talked a little bit about that on Sunday. And I wanted to talk with you guys because you have shared or you've talked uh, with a lot of people uh, and helped them prepare their mind for action and have done a lot of work in that area. And so tell me just first of all about your experience working with people, helping them prepare their mind for action. Jen, you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> Marta, Marta and I love helping people um, work through the battlefield in their mind. Um, there is, that's, that's where the war rages for most of us on the lies that we believe and the things um, that we think, you know, we, we hear from ourselves, our flesh, um, we hear from the Lord and we can hear from the enemy. And sometimes we really have to stop and sort out who am I hearing from? Um, mm -hmm. What am I believing about what I'm hearing and really stop to evaluate is, is it true? Um, are my thoughts are my thoughts true? And so we just love to help give people kind of a step-by-step -step process for how to think about what you're thinking about. Um, mm -hmm. And really, I think our theme verse is probably 2 Corinthians 10 about um, casting down arguments. And well, let me just read it. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That kind of sums it up. We have to really look at our thoughts and decide what, what are we arguing against ourselves? What strongholds do we need to cast down in our minds and take it obedient to the truth of what God says in his word? Amen to that. Um, what, I, what I think we find most often is that people don't realize that they don't even know what they're thinking about. They don't realize that they're, they might be hearing from just more than themselves. They don't realize that God is speaking, that the enemy is speaking and that their circumstances and situations are speaking. So lots of times we have to almost educate them, go back to the beginning and say, these are the three voices you could possibly be hearing from. And based on how you're feeling, you can discern what those are. Um, because we know that the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. So what's being stolen, what's being killed, what's being destroyed. And you can determine pretty quickly because Jesus words come to give comfort and joy and peace and righteousness and the enemies come to bring everything opposite of that. So very quickly, we can teach people how to discern what's going on in their mind and what they're believing. And so often they're believing lies. And then um, the, the big piece for me is always, okay, these are the lies that you're hearing, but what are you doing with those? And then we go into, are you agreeing with those? Mm -hmm. And then we walk people through this agreement process um, because when you make agreement with the lies of the enemy, you allow him to perpetuate those lies and it really steals your peace. And so lies take over your life instead of the truth. Because we're not saying, okay, this is what God's word says. I'm really believing a lie. And so that's what we have to help people get uprooted if they make an agreement with that. So if a lady says, I am a horrible mom or I'm a horrible blah, blah, blah. She, and she says, yes, I agree with that. I could have done this better. Well, she's just agreed with the enemy. 
And she's agreed with that. So we work with people actually to break agreements and break those lies. And then we have to find the truth that replaces a lie. So let's, and then let's teach them how to dwell on that. So let's talk about that because I, I want to get into the yeah. details. Um, yeah. You said something interesting, Marta. Uh, you said a lot of the time people don't know what they're thinking about. Right. And so help me understand, help uh, us understand how, how do you help people pay attention to what they're thinking about? Because someone can say, oh, I've just had these thoughts or whatever, but how do you highlight when someone's going through their life and, and they're, they're struggling, how do you help them see it, what they're thinking about? What's that process like? I guess one of the things when we walk through um, people asking them what's going on, the one of the questions they say, we're saying is, what do you believe? What are you believing? Are you believing? Uh, like if a, if a kid sells his mom, you are the hor- most worst mom in the mm-hmm. whole world. And she relates that. Then I'll say, do you believe that? Do you believe that? And she'll say, yeah, kind of. I kind of do believe that. Well, then she's made a partnership with the enemy. And that's when he really starts to wreak havoc and steal people's joy and peace. And that goes through every emotion you can think of and every scenario, because we all have adverse circumstances in our lives that cause us to believe things that aren't true. We just have to identify what are those things that we're believing are true or not true. So you're saying it it can be a small little statement, maybe in the heat of an argument with a family member or a friend or just a, a passing comment. And somebody grabs onto that and they start to believe that for themselves. Yeah. And it can even be just, if you have a, if you have a a set of really challenging circumstances, uh, like a few years ago, I had some really challenging circumstances and I kept hearing the lie. God must not love you because you're, you wouldn't be going through this, the much, this much pain if God loved you because God would not want this for you. And I kind of was like, wow, that feels true. That really feels true. I wonder if, if I've done something that God could not possibly love me anymore. And so I began to battle that, which was awful. But so you see how easy and insidious that is. So it can spiral out of control pretty quickly, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, and it, and the thing, the problem with the agreement thing is that it feels true. It mm. feels like, yeah, that could maybe be true because this does feel yucky, you mm. know? Jen, do you have anything to add as far as helping people identify the thoughts that they're thinking and, and help them pay attention to what they're focusing on? Yeah, one thing that really helps me, um, I've seen this chart on Facebook, maybe some of you have also, where you really look at the words that God gives you versus the word that Satan gives you. So Satan comes to bring us worry, stress, doubt, confusion, fear, low self-esteem. So when I'm thinking thoughts that are related to those, usually the fruit of those, I I like to describe it as fruit. Fruit is how I feel based on what I'm thinking. So my hands are sweaty. My heart's racing. I feel down. I feel sad. Those. So really look at the fruit of what you're feeling and decide, is that coming from the enemy or on the other side of the chart, the things that God gives us are, he comes to give us the fruits of the spirit which are peace and love and joy and kindness and goodness and patience and self-control. So even when I'm in a trying situation that I don't feel I have patience for, I feel very impatient. It doesn't mean I have to follow down that path in the fruit of what, what 
impatience brings me to feel. I can take some deep breaths because God tells us that he steadies us. He steadies our mind. He steadies our thoughts. He will bring us peace into every situation. So I really have to stop to evaluate what I'm thinking about, where it's coming from, who it's coming from. And if it's not bringing me down a good path of peace, then I want to grab a hold of it. Like second Corinthians 10 says, I want to take that thought captive. So I like to even say sometimes out loud, nope, I'm not going there. I'm not going there today. I like to use the example, like the, your UPS guy's knocking at your door with a package and that package says fear and worry and doubt and anxiety. And he's knocking at your door. The enemy's knocking at your door every day with some of those packages. So my job is to look at the door look at the package and say, I'm not accepting that thought process today. So I'll say on the package, return to sender. That's the taking every thought captive, grabbing a hold of it and saying, and yeah. I'll say out loud, nope, I'm not going there today, enemy. But the key is we have to find something truth to believe from God's word instead. You can't just kick it out without replacing it with something that's true. So like Marta's example, she was saying about, you know, God doesn't maybe love me or care about me. We would find a verse that says, you know, Ephesians um, 4, 1 just talks about how much God loves us and he chose us and he adores us and he cherishes us. So then I'm going to focus on those types of verses and maybe write them out on a note card. Maybe I have to read them every single day out loud, but I have to replace the lie with the truth and be really intentional. The moment my brain starts to head down that path of fear, anxiety, doubt, or I'm unloved, or God doesn't care about me, or this is too hard, we have to grab a hold of it and find something true to speak out loud instead. So how do you, you said you, you know, the illustration of the UPS man or the UPS person like comes in and delivers packages and it's like, okay, I'm not going to take that. Um, you guys have, have engaged in this a long time, you know, it, but when the, the thought comes to my mind and, and you guys have prepared yourself a long time, what practical things would you give to a person who's sitting in their car driving along and all of these thoughts are coming through their minds? Like what's the, how do you practically say, nope, identify it and then say, nope, I'm not receiving that. Um, that is what, what does it look like it, for you too? It's, it's as simple as, as, as thinking about what you're thinking about all the time and paying attention. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. Most people just don't pay attention. They just let thoughts come in and out, flow around, swirl around for days and days and days without giving any thought to what Jen just said. Where are they coming from and should I receive that? And so really that's the first step is identifying what you're thinking about and then, and then doing that and then doing what she just said take those thoughts. Are they, do they line up with God's word or do they not? And if they don't, then they have to go, they have to be commanded to leave. And then you, and then you physically find a new promise to replace the lie. And that's just learning. And that's just teaching people to do that. Um, and it's a practical step, but it's something that starts out, it seems hard. And then all of a sudden it gets real easy. So Marta, how, do, how, yeah, sorry about how do, how do you tell, how do you tell those lies to go? What does that practically look like for you? Um, it's so simple. I just simply say, get out in Jesus name. You are not allowed here. I do not believe that I reject it. I, I hate you. I want you out. And I replace that lie with the truth of just as what Jesus says. And I get a verse and I claim that verse. And I do that out loud. It, it, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I do it out loud in my own house all the time. So it's like declaring and decreeing the truth to replace the lie. 
Mm-hmm. And you do it over and over and over until it starts to work. And then it does start to work. Awesome. It's yeah. funny. It's interesting that you use the um, example, what happens when you're riding in your car? Because really that is where this all started yeah. for me. Um, <laughs> back in 2007 when um, the real estate market crashed and my husband was a realtor and we had no money and I was extremely fearful. I'm not normally an anxious, fearful, depressed person, but it came on like a flood and I was all of a sudden anxious 24 seven and I, my hands were sweaty and my heart was racing and my mind was going and I couldn't sleep. And one night when I was feeling all of those thoughts and Um, I got into the word and God took me to Philippians four, which is do not be anxious about anything, but everything with prayer and petition and Thanksgiving present your requests to God. And it's like, God hit me on the side of the head. And I, he said, anything Jen means anything. And I was like, but no, 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 I have to think about this. I have to figure it out. I have to figure out how we're going to make money. I have to be, I have to a little bit be worried about this. And he said, no, I really just, it was like leaping in me. Anything means anything. God uses those words in scripture and they, we, cause we sometimes skip over that if it feels too hard. So the next day I wrote out that verse on a note card and I was driving to work the next morning. And those, I, I woke up right in the morning and I started declaring that verse out loud, reading it out loud. I took some deep breaths. I waited to really feel the truth of what was God saying in that verse. And I just said out loud, I'm going to choose today not to be anxious about this job. I'm going to hand it over to God. So I'm driving to work and whoosh, five minutes later, those anxious worry thoughts come in again. So I say my verse out loud. The key is very, very important to say it out loud. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we need to get it out into the atmosphere. So I say my verse, I feel a little better for a few minutes, literally five minutes later, it's back again. So all day that day, I battled back and forth, back and forth. But by the end of the day, I was going two hours without anxious feelings. I was going three hours without it. The next day, the more I kept saying the verse, and it's not just saying it with a a grumpy attitude. It's saying, God, I choose today to not be anxious about everything, anything, but everything with prayer and petition. God, today I hand you my fear. I hand, I love the exchange of saying it out loud. Mm -hmm. So whatever I'm feeling, I will try to name it, whether it's disappointment, whether it's fear, whether it's sadness, whether it's offense or hurt by someone, I will say out loud, God, today I choose to hand you my anxiousness. I hand you my disappointment. And I, then I'll say my verse related to that. You, it's so important to get into scripture and find a word, find a truth. And the more I kept repeating that scripture, it probably took a few weeks, but those anxious, really worry thoughts, I was a different person. I all of a sudden had this immense peace and I just changed the way I prayed. And it's, instead of God, help us fix this sure. problem for us. I changed it to say, God, thank you. You have our finances. You are in control. So also it's important to not pray from a sense. Sometimes we pray from a place of desperation. God, please help me. But most of the time, I don't find it as effective. I pray instead, God, thank you that you're saying your word. You will help us. You never leave us or forsake us. God, you, you provide for all of our needs and pray in a way of God. You tell me in that Philippians four verse, not to be anxious. And then you tell me you're going to guard my heart and my mind and give me a peace that transcends my understanding. So it, it is so important to keep it up. Don't, if, 
if you say your verse the first time and you still have those feelings there, you could get discouraged, Mm -hmm. but we have to keep going. You have to say it again and again and again, and allow that to take root in us because most of the time for a lot of us, these thoughts and these negative feelings have been lingering around for a very long time in our head. And they're Mm -hmm. going to take a very long time to replace, not as long as it took to get there, but it's, it, it doesn't just quick happen overnight. We, it's like we're retraining our brain to think something positive about God and who he really is and what he says in his word. It's good. You have to train your brain to, to think about something positive and what God says about who we are in his word. And so, you know, you alluded to it a little bit, uh, Jen, you know, what are some things we want to be, we don't want to be passive. We want to be active. We want to be, um, fighting this battle. We want to be, you know, well-prepared. What are the things that you find uh, that has been effective for people? And you shared a, l- a little bit about it. Um, maybe you could share a couple verses. You, you talked about Philippians 4. What are some other verses that you use? And you said, you know, got to get into the word. Um, how does a person do that? How would you encourage people to start to get into the word? Either of you. I, I love finding what, whatever topic, whatever you're wrestling with at the moment, if you're wrestling with fear, if you're wrestling with your kids, if you're wrestling with your identity in Christ, do a Google search. It's super easy. Google verses about fear, verses about doubt, verses about finances, and do a study. Just get in the word and study that topic and let God's truth just get deep into you. Some of my, I'm a big one also on declaring things out loud. Um, So those same kind of problem areas that I just mentioned, when I find those key verses, I'm going to write them all down and I'm going to meditate on them in my journal every morning. I'm going to reread them, reread them, but I'm going to find a few that really stand out to me and I'm going to pray them and say them out loud. Um, So a couple of um, the verses just that I love to use. I love, I love the verse, be still and know that I am God and God always wants to still us. That's he. He knows we're restless. We're anxious. Our minds are always going. His goal is to come in and bring peace. Um, As it says in Mark uh, 439, that's when Jesus was calming the storm and he spoke out loud and he said, peace, be still. So sometimes in the day I'll say out loud to my mind, mind, be still, body, be still, emotions, be still. I love to take some, when I'm really anxious to take some deep breaths I, in the car, when I'm driving, if I've got a lot going in my head, I will grab a hold of those thoughts, tell them to get out in Jesus name. I'll put on a worship song. I'll take some really deep breaths and I will picture the Lord just breathing that peace into me. And, and I will keep taking deep breaths until, until I'm calm, until I see a shift. It it's so Jesus presence is so tangible and it's so there, but sometimes we just stay so, so stuck in our own thoughts and our own head. And and we yeah. don't take the time to tap into his presence available because in his presence, there's peace there. And that sounds like such a cliche, but when you actually stop to do it and take the deep breaths and picture him right there with you and put on a peaceful song that speaks about who God is, peace just comes. We just really have to be intentional. We have, that's the key. That's probably summarized for me. We have to be intentional to do a step to get rid of the bad thoughts and allow God's presence to come in and fill us with the truth. 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. One of the things that, so everything she's saying basically is you're standing on the promises of God, basically. Literally, you're finding verses that are true for your situation and you're standing on the promises of God. One of the things I use is a Bible promise book and it has all the topics that you could imagine that you could be um, wrestling with. And you just find, uh, you find those pages with those topics and you read all those verses about anxiety or about fear or about doubt or about whatever it is about that you're dealing with. And you just keep praise. You just keep speaking those over your life, your family, your situation until you feel a shift and you don't let up, but it's intentional. And the worship is the other piece. When we're worshiping, it's really hard to think negative thoughts and worship God at the same time. Yeah. It's also hard to think negative thoughts when you're reciting scripture. And so both of those things work really well, but they're that we have to be intentional and then we have to keep up with, which is why people find it hard because it's really, okay, I got to take time out of my day and actually do this stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah you have to take time out of your day and there is a faith aspect because, you know, Jen was, was talking about this too. It's not like this is just pie in the sky type of stuff. And oh, these are some nice oh. words. No, Jesus is there with us. You yeah. know, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. This is his truth written to us. And, and yes, it was written to people at a specific time as well, but it's also written to us today as followers of Jesus. And um, it's setting aside that time. And uh, I, I love, Marta, that you brought in that, that aspect of worship because all throughout yeah. scripture, we see that worship is, is warfare and yeah. it's going to battle. And as we worship, the Lord, you know, defeats the enemies and the battles, you know, he, he, he wins the battle. So, you know, it's so, so crucial um, worship and then focusing on the word. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. yeah scripture in Psalms where it's, I think it's Psalm 27. It says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So when you're praising the Lord is there because he loves that and the enemy hates it. So he's gone. He will not stay in the room where praise and worship is happening. He can't. Yeah. And the other, Oh, oh yeah, go ahead, Jen. No, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> the other thing I, I love at the end of um, that Philippians four. Um, so you know, it starts in verse six about do not be anxious about anything. But then in verse eight, God really gives us quite a very clear um, method or our plan where he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue in any of these praiseworthy, think on these things. Yeah. So yeah. he really gives us a prescription with what we're to think about. And we spend way too much time thinking about the, our hurt and our offense and our pain. And so I, you know, I, unforgiveness is a huge issue or hurt and pain. I tend to not sit and stay in those and think about all my hurt. I choose in my head right away to just say, God, I choose to forgive that person for what they did and how it made me feel. And I'm going to think on these things about that person or about our relationship and, and switch. Now, of course, with something really big or a big hurt, you do need to spend a little more time than just what I just did. But so many times the enemy tries to trap us in those hurts and offenses. And God really then says, no, this is the prescription of what we need to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. That could, that could be a, such a great postcard or a little card to put in your car or by a, a mirror, you know, are the thoughts that you're thinking lovely? Are they pure? You know, that, yeah. that list right there is really a, it's a short, but very comprehensive list. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then any other feelings of condemnation or anything else that's not of the Lord and you have to reject it and get it out of there. Yeah. yeah. How, well, someone who's never done this before, um, never paid attention to their thoughts, struggling with their thoughts or whatever, doesn't know how to, you know, fight this battle and has never engaged in it. What would you say to them uh, regarding their first step? What first step would they, what should they take? I think the first step is to stop and pray. Mm -hmm. Um, God, show me, show Mm -hmm. me anything in my heart or in my thoughts or in my mind that I've been thinking or believing that isn't true. Um, Because sometimes we really have for years, as Marta talked about making an agreement, sometimes we've made agreement with things we don't even realize they are not true. And so asking God to highlight and show us the thoughts and do they line up God with what your word is? Do they line up God with what you would say about me or about this person that I'm thinking about? And really that's, that's the key first step is to really take inventory and ask God to show you anything I'm thinking or believing God that might not be true or might not be good for me. Um, and then really to, to, I like to write them down, stop Mm -hmm. and write down what I'm feeling lately. And then on the opposite side of the paper, try to write down and find in scripture, what God says about that particular thought or feeling. And then the next step you want to do is you want to go in the word and you want to Google or you want to use a book like Marta has, you know, God's promises. There's, there's many of them out there and you want to write down having note cards, writing down your scripture, having one in your car, one in your purse, one by your bed, one on your screensaver of your phone. So wherever you are at any moment, you can pull up God's truth. It really, the steps are, are pretty easy to do. The hardest part is being intentional. The, mm-hmm. har- the hardest part is saying this, this feels like work, but I can promise you it might feel like work in the beginning, but the fruit of the peace mm-hmm. that you're going to feel by, by getting rid of the negative thoughts and thinking thoughts that are true, that you're going to feel a difference. And it's, it's amazing what God does. And so don't give up. Don't feel like, oh, this isn't working. I tried it once. It didn't work. Being mm-hmm. intentional day after day after day, you won't have to work that hard for weeks and weeks. But when there's been a, a negative pattern in your head for a long time, it is going to take, it's going to take days and a, a week or two to, to get that ironed out and to get it fully outrooted. You know, mm-hmm. Martin, I love, love to meet with people. Sometimes people's thoughts um, and hurts and pains go a little bit bigger than them being able to do that on their own. So we're always happy to meet with people to dig a little deeper into the roots mm-hmm. of some of their negative thinking. Um, it, being intentional is your key. And, mm-hmm. and then ask, asking yep. God, my other big prayer that I will, when there's something I'm wrestling with, is I will say, God, help me today to be very quickly aware when I start heading down a path that is negative thinking. Stop me quickly, God. Convict me right away so that I can see it. Um, because often we just start heading down that path and we, 10 minutes in, we don't even realize we're in this destructive mm-hmm. pattern again. So yep. bring the Lord into all of it. Ask him, cover him. Ask him to come into your thought life and remind you quickly if you're going down the wrong path. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is so true. Is that asking God, I just did this this morning. In fact, I was wrestling with something and um, I realized that I'd let a pattern go for a bit. And so the first thing I did was this morning, I got my journal out and I started to pray. I worshiped a little bit. And then I asked God some questions about what am I believing and what is going through my brain and And what is the root 
mm-hmm. what you just said, Jen. I asked him, what is the root? And he showed me two or three pictures and I wrote a page and a half in my journal of all the stuff that he reminded me of. And it, w- it all took place in 30 minutes, mm-hmm. literally. That's yeah, awesome. but it, but I had to sit down, get quiet, get into worship yeah. and ask God a question and then button my lip and start writing and trust that what I was hearing was true. Yeah. And it was true because the pictures and the things you were showing me were true. It's hmm. good. I so, think for me, for me, it's been, you know, two things that, that I do regularly. First of all, it's what you guys have talked about. It's making a choice. Like I don't, I, um, I, I don't want to continue to think these thoughts. This is not life-giving. This is not the, the life that the Lord has for me. And so, mm-hmm. you know, choosing like, I want to get rid of this. And so what do I have to do to, to get rid of it? And then secondly, um, just consistency in life. Um, for mm-hmm. me, it's the regular rhythm of every morning waking up and saying, all right, Lord, what do you, what do you want to say to me today mm-hmm. um, in your word? And who am I? And spending time with, with the Lord. But I've also found just a real blessing and consistency throughout the day. I'll stop a little bit before lunch um, and say, okay, how am I doing today? What are my thoughts? Paying attention to those. Has, have I offended anybody? Has anybody offended me? And dealing with it right then and there instead of it lingering for a couple of days. Um, and so some consistency throughout the day. And even uh, if I'm driving home at night, like shortly before dinner, I'll turn my radio off and spend time with the Lord and pray and just say, okay, reflecting on my day, God, where were you at work? What are you saying to me? and prepare my heart before I go home and enter into uh, other conversations. I'll, I'll end with this. What is, um, what would you say is the Lord's desire for our life in this area? We'll end with speaking of his character. What does he want for us as kids in this area? I guess abundant life. You know, it's that John 10, 10 verse. He came to give us life abundant and sometimes we don't grab it. We choose that we choose the stuff that the enemy is kind of trying to do instead of choose that abundant life. And so we've got to start thinking about what we're thinking about and saying, am I choosing that yeah. or am I being passive yeah. and not choosing that and being intentional? That's good. I, one of my favorite focuses is peace. Jesus mm-hmm. comes to give peace to every storm that we're walking through peace peace to our hurt. He's, he sees every hurt. He knows every anxious thought. He knows everything that we're facing and he wants to bring his truth to what we're facing, but also his peace. Mm-hmm. And, and I, there is nothing more valuable to me than I, I mm-hmm. love just sitting and breathing in worshiping God and taking some deep breaths and knowing he's, he's filling me with that peace for today. Exactly. And everything that my anxious heart is worried about raising kids, unknowns of this world with COVID and all this stuff. He wants to bring peace into all of that. And really it's less of me and less of my thoughts and more of what his perspective and his peace wants to say. That's so good. He wants to give us life, abundant life and peace every day. And it's, it's not like, okay, I need that for 10 days from now. No, God, just give it to me today. That's all I need to worry about just today and today alone. And I trust, and I, I know because of your faithfulness that you're going to give it to me tomorrow when I seek you then and the next day. So as we wrap up this, um, Marta, would you uh, be willing to pray for us or just pray for this and then we'll wrap it up. Thanks. Okay. Heavenly father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word because your word really is a light into our feet and a lamp into our path because without it, we perish. 
So God, we thank you for your word that we can take your promises and we can literally stand on them that they are that strong and they are that foundational that we can declare and decree your word over our lives and we can fill our minds with that and fill our hearts and our spirits with your word. And that can be our driving force and our abundant life and the peace giver that you have for us. We love you. We thank you so much for your word because it all stands on your word. And we thank you for your spirit, which also comes to confirm your word in us. And we thank you, Jesus, that particularly at this time of year, um, that you've come for us. And we are so grateful and so thankful that you have come for us. We are your children and you love us and you want good things for us. And so we choose to follow you because we know that you love us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you.